Welcome to Radar for Growth, brought to you by business advisory firm Pitcher Partners. This podcast series talks to the key decision makers behind some of Australia's most successful private and family businesses. I'm Heather Dawson. In this episode, it's all about adaptive spaces as we bring you the story of Lotus Stores, a highly successful Melbourne-based company that has been busy transforming itself through innovation, through smart technologies, and through an investment in people whose amazing skills will help ensure a bright future. But a couple of years ago, Lotus Doors was starting to feel the weight of fast growth. A new CEO was appointed to help move the company forward. Her name, Liz Jones. We'll let Liz describe some of the issues she faced back then. We've had a lot of experienced people leave the business that decided that the journey that we were going on wasn't for them. But that caused us a lot of challenges because there was so much in people's heads and knowledge wasn't something that was transferred in Lotus. So we had a lot of pain as we were trying to navigate record growth. We were trying to do it with new people, with very poor systems, poor structure and process. And it was very, very challenging. That is Liz Jones, CEO of Lotus Stores, a family-owned business with 160 staff and an annual turnover of $45 million. Lotus Stores is a highly innovative player in the world of adaptive space. Back in the day, the company made sliding shower screens, then folding doors, but that was decades ago. These days, it employs sophisticated engineers and designers to manufacture adaptive spaces for offices, education facilities, restaurants and stadiums, and high-end residential complexes too. And part of their niche offering is acoustics to go with their flexible spaces. I suggested to Liz it's all innovative stuff with some clever people behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And acoustics is at the heart of what we do. So it's one thing to be able to transform a space but it's another thing to be able to do it in a way that focuses on well-being and making sure that the acoustic and noise, which is a big factor in any sort of environment where there's lots of people or kids, to be able to do it in a way that's of comfort to people as well. Is it a very competitive industry that you're in? It's quite what I would call a niche industry. Acoustics is quite a black art There's a lot of science around how to control sound, how to minimise transfer of sound, absorption of sound, and there's a lot of science around the impact of sound on people and people's wellbeing because it touches the senses so fundamentally. So knowing that and knowing the intersection between sound and people and environments is a core competence of ours. So I wouldn't say that it's highly competitive in that respect. Not everybody can get into this industry and do it well. So we've got a lot of engineers, anything from a Metatronics engineer to a mechanical engineer. We have aerospace engineers working in our business. So the engineering mind and brain works really well given the technical competence of our business. We also have people in our business that understand acoustics, but we also engage with people external to the business around acoustics because it's such, again, a core competence. So we often bring into people who know that space really well, but technically minded people that love technical selling, detailing, architecture, and that sort of type of person works really well in our business. So with innovation, engineering and mastering the dark art of acoustics, the aim of Lotus Stores is to become brand leader in the way we live, learn, work and play. And that brings us to Liz, propelled to the top in 2018 by a board realising that change needed to happen and happen fast. Markets were growing, the category was growing and Lotus Doors was growing as a brand leader. 
but that brought problems in keeping up in a responsible, sustainable way. New leadership was called for, a CEO position installed, and Liz got the job. From there, Liz tells us, it took a pretty deep dive to discover just where the problems were and what needed to be done to fix them. I went through a period of diagnosing very early on, so I just spent time immersing myself in the business, reviewing historical financials, doing a lot of one-on-ones, speaking to people, visiting customers, to really understand what was holding us back and what we needed to do to put the business in a sustainable position for future growth. And so I think the first six to eight months was really about diagnosing. And some of the challenges we had were low staff engagement. We had very high staff turnover. We had challenges with quality. And we had a number of system and business process issues. And that was causing frustration within the business and also limiting our ability to service our customers well. Heavy expectations on your shoulders. Yes, Liz. Yes. Was that okay? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I... I'm a little bit of a change agent leader. I typically cope well when there's lots of challenges. I like that. I love growing businesses. I think businesses that have got a runway for growth are very exciting. But I think with growth comes pain. You can't just click your fingers and grow a business overnight. You have to scale it for growth. You have to set it up for growth. And that's what I really needed to do at Lotus. And it's been absolutely fantastic. Well, fantastic. Yes, Liz. But we won't downplay the challenges you faced, delivering business transformation with new systems and processes and the important cultural changes that go along with that. So how difficult was it, I asked Liz, to bring everyone along for the ride? Very, very difficult. And there's been a lot of change that has come with that. We've had a lot of experienced people leave the business that decided that the journey that we were going on wasn't for them. And that's absolutely fine. We're very grateful some of them had given us 20 plus years. But that caused us a lot of challenges because there was so much in people's heads and knowledge wasn't something that was transferred in Lotus. So we had a lot of pain as we were trying to navigate record growth. We were trying to do it with new people, with very poor systems, poor structure and process. And it was very, very challenging. And I think people are people. You've got to take them on face value. Everybody's got who they are and have their own expectations. And so trying to do that with 160 people in a whole was really, really tough. And getting them to buy into the journey and believe in what we were doing was certainly very tough. But it started at getting the leadership team right. And that was sort of the first step in the process. So here's the nub and a pivotal issue for Liz and for Lotus's turnaround. Cultural change has been crucial and a series of cultural values have become key, one of which is to be brave. But what does that mean? I think that one of the things that I learned at Lotus when I started was people were very fearful of speaking up. People didn't want to transfer knowledge because they thought that by holding knowledge they had more power. So what we wanted to do was focus on building a courageous culture, which means speak up, be heard. If something's not right, call it out. But what we needed to do was create a safe environment, what we call psychological safety, for people to be able to do that and not feel berated or not feel that they're going to get shot down by saying that, hey, this is not working and we need to do it in a better way. So we've really focused on courage, resilience, perseverance, and allowing people the opportunity to really speak up and be heard and to back themselves. So that's sort of the basis of what Be Brave really came about. It takes a lot of uh, commitment in communicating yep. on one-to-one basis. Yeah, one-to-one, one-to-ten, one-to-five, one-to-hundred. So there's things like I do a weekly walk through the factory 
and where I'll go to each cell in the factory and we'll review their visual boards. We're big on visual management, so we'll look at all the metrics for that particular area of the factory, talk to the team leader, he'll take me through it have a little bit of an opportunity to sort of speak to everybody in the factory as I walk through. So that's a formality that I do every week. But I also try to just throw the shoes on and head out into the factory as much as I can, just on an informal basis and have a chat to the team. We've also started what we call CEO Connect, which is my formal program to connect to the business. So every second month, I run like a facilitated workshop where I invite people to come and just talk to me about what's working, what's not working, and what we can do to make Lotus a great place to work at. I do new starter catch-ups once a month, and I also do coffee catch-ups with people that have been here for a year. And that's my opportunity to really stay engaged with the business, with our new starters, with people that have recently joined us. And then I also just take opportunities to grab people and have a bit of a chat with them, which comes back to the one-on-one, one-on-five, one-on-ten in just terms of breaking it up a bit and reaching out to people in different ways. And look, I lead by example. So in all my interactions, I try to exhibit the value of being brave and being courageous and knowing that there's tough decisions that have to be made, but sometimes we need to make them and we need to own them with courage. And so through my own actions, I hope that the business can sort of get a sense of what the values are and where we're going. Liz clearly sees how important it is to be exemplary as a leader and bringing your people with you on some cultural transformation. Well, that's one thing. But what about customers? Because no business is going to get far without them. Liz has already told us that prior to her arrival as CEO, customers were suffering because of the fast growth of the business as pace outstripped service. So how would she describe the relationship that Lotus Stores aspires to with its customers? And come to think of it, what's been the reality? Oh, look, I mean, it's one of our values, again, which is about everything is for the customer. Critically important. So we recently did our first NPS score this year, which is a measure of customer appreciation, detractors, promoters, and how does the experience stack up? And look, you know, it was a pretty sobering experience because we always thought we were much better than our competitors and we're probably fairly on par. So we've got some work to do. But information is everything and knowledge is everything. So we now have a very clear direction on what our customers value and what we need to do. And we're working very hard as an entire business because we're all responsible for delivering a 10 out of 10 customer experience to make sure we're all aligned around that goal. So therein lies the power of information gathering and reality checks on what people really think about you. Liz Jones is clearly entrepreneurial, with a lot on her shoulders, to steer Lotus Stores into the future. Risk is often associated with entrepreneurial behaviour because sometimes it takes risky behaviour to make the big leaps in business growth. So, what's Liz's appetite for risk? Does she fear failure? What keeps her awake at night? These are all big questions for leaders in business. So I start with risk. Does Liz Jones think risk is important for business growth? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have to take risks every day. And as long as they're well thought through and well reasoned, and sometimes um, you need to make a decision very quickly and you know you're taking a risk. But yeah, I think you absolutely have to. You don't learn if you don't take risks, you don't grow, you don't make mistakes if you don't take risks. And look, obviously, a more commercially impactful risk requires more consideration. And I'm certainly not the type of leader that just flies off the handle, shoots from the hip and makes decisions or take risks that I think put people at risk or or financials at risk. But we take risks every day and some are small and some are bigger and that's part of it. Yeah. 
Do you use your gut instinct? Yes, that's how I know whether I'm on track with... Yeah, I do, absolutely. I trust my instinct strongly and it has rarely let me down and and sometimes if I know intuitively that I'm... I need to step back and just hold on this for a bit because there is too much risk. I will. And I trust my intuition to lead me that way. But yeah, I think that we need to take risks in life generally. But in business, if if you want to grow and you want to be something different and, and want to be a, a brand that transforms and transcends, you have to take risks. You just, you can't not. Yeah. Do you have a fear of failure? Mm, no. No, I don't have a fear of failure. I probably have a fear of not delivering to an expectation or, or not delivering to my expectation, but I don't believe you ever really fail. I don't know if you can fail. I think you can not necessarily achieve what you want, but I think that I'm not a big believer in if you don't do X, you'll fail, if you don't do Y, you'll fail. And so I don't fear failure. For me, I'd fear more not really seizing something. That's probably more where a fear of mine would come from. It seems to me, Liz, you're a very positive person. But, you know, are there things that worry you at night? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we've got some challenges at the moment which worry me. But I just, one of my values is faith and I keep the faith, yeah. I feel like if we're doing all the right things, we're focused in the right areas, maybe it's not going that well right now. But if we stay focused and we stay clear and we keep the faith, then we will get there. And so I'm a big sort of, that really guides me and gives me a lot of comfort. So yeah, but sure, absolutely things worry me. There's no doubt about it. I think you wouldn't be human if you didn't get worried by things. But I try to keep things in perspective. I think you've got to keep perspective. And I try not to take a lot of that home. Yes, that sense of perspective is a wonderful attribute to have for anyone in leadership positions. And Liz Jones clearly has it in spades. Liz is one of those inspirational people. She's warm and engaging, and her business smarts have done more than rebalance Lotus stores as a market leader. It's also won her the 2019 Telstra Victorian Business Women of the Year Award, and that's no small feat in a highly competitive field. What did that award mean to her? Ah, oh, look, it meant a lot to me, it meant a lot to the business, it meant a lot to my girls. Yeah, a couple of the girls from the leadership team nominated me and I went through the process. It's quite a huge process. I think the application itself was about 9,000 words, so it's quite a thesis, almost like a thesis. I really learned a lot about myself in the process. It gave me a great opportunity to reflect on my career and my challenges, my achievements by sitting down and writing about them through the application process. And I met some amazing women. I mean, some of the things that we don't even know about that the Telstra Business Women's Awards really is able to expose is just fantastic. And there's just many women in many different ways having such an impact across so many different areas. And uh, it was great for my daughters to see that. They came to the National Awards and it was great for them to learn and hear the stories of other women and what they're doing. So it was an amazing process. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I was honoured with the Victorian Award. And well-deserved it was too. One of the aims of this podcast series is to find those pivotal moments in the journey of a business, the special defining moments that can cast a business into a whole new trajectory of growth. We asked Liz about this and whether such a pivotal moment had occurred at Lotus Stores. It seems the answer is not so clear-cut. I don't know if there's been one defining moment yet. There's what I call 
little moments of where you just go home and you go, yes, we're getting there. (laughs) Someone might pull you aside in the lunchroom and go, thank you for your card. I really appreciate it. Or I really love where Lotus is going. So I just look at the little, sometimes you just get these little signs and you think, yeah, we're getting there. And, or you might have a couple of great months of orders where you go, yes, fantastic. Everything we're doing is great. So I don't know if we've had that defining moment yet. For me, certainly I've got a lot of pride and from watching people's own journeys through the change and then the gratitude that they've shared back to me and the leaders of our business around where we're taking the business. Liz Jones, so much underway, so much already achieved and still a long way to go. So our final question to Liz is her vision for the future and where she sees Lotus Doors in the years ahead. I put a time limit on it just to focus things. Where does Liz see Lotus Doors in, say, five years' time? Yeah, look, I'm super excited about our future. And last year at our conference, I narrated a story about our future state. And I was sitting having a story of sitting in three years' time, having a coffee with a friend, telling them what Lotus would look like. And I think the journey we're on is extremely exciting. We're putting in some amazing structures, systems, building great organisational capability, so many great improvements that are going to have a profound impact on our offer to the market and provide an environment for our people to thrive. And I think in five years' time, we just won't know ourselves. I think we'll be quite a transformed business. I think we'll look different, we'll feel different. And I think it's extremely exciting and the opportunity for us to drive a very different outcome for our customers is there. The great thing is we can see it. We know exactly what we need to do. I think it'll look like a very different Lotus in five years' time, that's for sure. Liz Jones, Lotus Stores. That ends this episode of Radar for Growth, brought to you by business advisory firm Picture Partners, where we talk to the key decision makers behind some of Australia's most successful private and family businesses. Next up, a company heading into the top 1% of construction businesses in Australia, Harris HMC, and the man who inherited the family firm, Dale Kennedy. Under his leadership, company turnover has gone from $45 million to a whopping $250 million. But it wasn't easy at the start when Dale was hit by disasters, commercial and personal. I remember the hardest year was 2011 when I took over my dad. He'd retired formally. My girlfriend had just passed away tragically and started back at work and We'd won a few large projects and hired a sort of new calibre of staff to take on those projects, and then they didn't start. The people started, but the projects didn't start. So we had these sort of huge costs with no revenue coming in. And at the same time, we had some debtor issues. Someone didn't pay us a million dollars. We started losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month with no end in sight, only getting worse. And that took a fair bit of positioning in your mind I think I was thinking shit I'm going to fail in my first year here taking over officially and everything my family had done and my father had worked towards will all be for nothing How did Dale turn things around? That's for next time Until then, I'm Heather Dawson Thanks for listening 
Radar for Growth is brought to you by business advisory firm Picture Partners. The podcast is marketed by Wavelength Creative and is produced by Sound Cartel.